Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. If you would like to get in, now is about the time to do it. If you're not going to do it uh, now or the next, the first two segments are the time to get in. If not, we'll be doing lots of interviews, talking to Gerald Broussard, get his thoughts on freezing to death and um, in the Independence Bowl. I'm going to talk to the guru like we do on most Thursdays as well as Luke Johnson about freezing to death. (laughs) It's the common theme of the week. Looking forward to freezing to death. Um, uh, And so there's all kind of different perspectives, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of them or most of them on today's show. Yesterday was obviously a very busy day, National Signing Day, or the early National Signing Day. The Cajuns, we thought, when we left the show, were kind of done at 21. I had heard, I was hearing that the rumors or the talk that Harvey Broussard of St. Martinville was going to flip from his Memphis commitment and sign with the Cajuns yesterday. But then on Tuesday, he tweets out that he's decide, him and his family have decided to wait until February. Well, I said, well, I guess that's not going to happen then. I mean, it's just a natural reaction when it, when a when a young man tweets that out. Well, apparently, you know, things change. You know, whether you're Carlos Correa or Harvey Broussard, you know. What was that coach? I don't even remember his name. I kind of remember what his face looked like. He was a he was a defensive coordinator and he was named the head coach of the Cardinals and then like right before the press conference or something, it just they just they changed it changed. I mean, it was weird. It's like he they had a, he was going to be the coach and then boom, oh, he wasn't a coach. So anyway, things can happen, and and they did. And instead of waiting, Harvey decided to sign with the Cajuns. And obviously, uh, the Cajun coaching staff and Everyone involved with that recruiting was um, very excited. Now, like, you know, as someone who follows the program and, you know, I mean, I've been following the program since I was not like I am now covering all the games and such, but I've been following this program since the early 70s so in some form or fashion um you know it, it, it's exciting but again the older I get the more I'm like okay we'll see obviously Harvey's got a lot of potential um you just never know I mean you just never know who's gonna make it 
and, and really make an impact and who's not. Now, all you can do is recruit the players that you th- – the you know, combination of need and talent and character and how they fit into your program. And it seems like they got a lot of guys that fit into this program. Look, it. it I know – Nothing is as ever as good as they make it sound. Like, following this program for the last four years pretty closely, like, it's almost, it, it, it's just not real what they portray. There, it, something tells me. In other words, how they all get along and they all have the right attitude. And Obviously, it, 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 nothing is ever as good as you portray it. But... It seems like it's a whole lot closer than it is for most teams. Like, this team, you know, obviously when you're talking with over 100 players total, everybody's not going to think the same thing and do the same thing. But it seems like this team gets along pretty good. Like, they, they really did seem to stick together when things were a little iffy. And, um, and so... Again, I really am OD'd on the word culture, but it seems to be real, and they seem to recruit guys who can fit into that approach or way of doing things, philosophy, that can get along with the players that are here. And uh, it seems to work, and we'll see if they can um, get back to winning more games in the regular season then losing, then 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 losses, and we'll see what happens. Man, I didn't even see the final score of the New Orleans Bowl last night. I was driving home from Shreveport, and last I heard, it was like thirty-one to three. South Alabama started out so strong; it was forty-four to twenty-three. Uh, yeah, it was. I don't know. After 10 o'clock or so, last I heard, or I stopped following it. I don't remember what time it was, but it was late. And I, I just, I was like, man, this game. South Alabama, their defense early on looked good, but I really thought they were going to win the West. And then when the Cajuns played them here, I'm like, man, the Cajuns could have won that game. They could have won that game. Uh, and then the, their offense had moments after that, but their defense didn't have a lot of moments. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know really what. It, and they got tortured last night. And that's that's one of them air raid offenses, and that's what the Cajuns are about to play. And it's a little scary. I got to tell you, I don't. I think the weather can help the Cajuns defensively, and we'll be talking with Gerald some about that at the end of the hour. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Foot. This is the guy from South Lafourche. How are Happy you, sir? Holidays. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Merry Christmas. Um, I wanted to tell you, I watched that game last night. I watched the first half because it was over by halftime. But uh, the um, South Alabama could not stop Western Kentucky. They came out and did what they wanted. It was, a, like you say, an air raid, and this they got mauled. Yes. Now, are you heading up to Shreveport today or tomorrow for the uh, game? Well, I was there yesterday. I'll be there tomorrow. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, it's going to be freezing, but look at it this way. It could be 1999. Remember that Texas A&M Independence Bowl with the snow? 
Yeah, but you know, I was talking to some people last night that were there. Like they said, it really wasn't that cold. It was like in the twenties or third, you know, thirty, or it was just below freezing, and it snowed. But it wasn't going to be as it wasn't as cold for that game. They said than it's than it's supposed to be tomorrow. It's just won't. It's just not supposed to have so snow. Yeah. Well, the the uh, you know. The, the choices of driving home in the snow or driving home in the freezing cold. Oh, no, other, look, you know? I, 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 yes, I don't, I don't want to drive. I'm not into driving on ice. And so yeah. I'm with you. Supposedly it's going to be really cold but relatively dry, and I'm all for that. I agree with you. Yeah, well, I can tell you it's going to be cold, but, you know, sitting there watching a football game in the snow is probably more miserable than that, I would say. I would think that. Uh, now we were discussing this with with Coach Dez yesterday. Uh, it, it, it's going to be cold, but it's not going to be as cold as the Saints are going to be on the lake in Cleveland the next day. It, it's not going to be that cold. No. So um, no, you know he goes like awful. it can always be worse. Coach Dez said so. Yes, take what you can get. Yeah. All right, Foot. Have a merry. All right, Christmas. Merry Christmas tell, to you. Thank you, sir. Hannah, we said fun. Merry Christmas, and you guys have a great uh, holiday. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's going to be so weird. I, I This Saints playing on noon, at noon on Saturday. It's like, in my situation, I'm trying to get trying to get to Friday, trying to get to Friday, try, or Saturday. Trying to get there, trying to get everything done. You got the bowl game, and, and, and you got to write all the stories, and, and, it's, and then where you can get a little bit of a break, and then boom, the Saints play at noon on Saturday. Oh, man, that game, I, I just, I just don't know. Anyway, before we get to the first break, I just want to finish your thoughts. And again, this next segment, if you would like to get in, this is the time to do it, right right, right after this, this first time out. And again, the game hotline is 706-0111. But um, the Cajun signing class... You know, there were one or two they were hoping to get. Uh, Jara Alexander, I mean, Jara Anderson, the defensive lineman, uh, to my knowledge, he still hadn't signed. There was another offensive lineman, uh, Harden, who, Kareem Harden, who uh, the Cajuns still feel like are hoping that, that maybe they can uh, sign later. And defensive line is the one area where, if you were going to guess, it sounds like from listening to the coaches, of these final three, it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't be surprising if one or two of the final three signings to get to twenty-five or defensive linemen. But we'll see. I mean, it's not just about position. They have to be graded high enough. So it's it's the highest graded guy, you know, at probably a need position. Uh, we'll see how how all that plays out. But it's um. It was certainly uh, they were certainly pleased and 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 getting Harvey at the end there in the afternoon when it looked like maybe they might have to wait on him um, what, what, what was certainly a plus. But um, you know they have well it depends what you call JV and Haynes. You know JV and Haynes is kind of one of these new school. Um, little receivers fast. He's a guy that could probably run speed sweeps with. I don't know that he can be like a full-fledged running back, but he can be 
like a third down back, and the Cajuns don't really utilize those much. You know, they a lot of in the way, a lot of way, you know, an old he's more like an old school third down back, which isn't used some some by some offenses, but really, you know, they do so much speed sweeping with the wide receivers. I think that's what he's going to be, but we'll see how it plays out. But whether you call him a wide receiver or a running back, you know, they have as many. If you count him as a wide receiver, that's five wide receivers that they added. And, and Javian's a shorter guy, small, really fast guy. But the other ones are all, you know, blockout guys, I call them. You know, 6'4", 6'2", 6'4", 6'5", receivers. Uh, and some of them have really, really good speed. So I kind of like having height. I, I don't like throwing to really short receivers. Not not normally. Not something I like. Um, to do, but we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. Long way to go. Before I mean, some of them, like I would not be surprised if Tavian Tavian Smith makes a pretty quick impact, but most of them are probably at least two years away before they make a really significant impact. But hopefully, hopefully Harvey and or Tavian can prove me wrong there. We'll see how it how it plays out. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more. Footnotes on the game. Stay tuned. Helpful holiday tip number one. Remember to actually leave milk and cookies for Santa and not some hipster healthy option. The big fella is holly and jolly for a reason. This helpful holiday tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you about the Hangout Music Festival, Gulf Shores, Alabama, May the 20th through 21st, where you could see such musical acts as Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Lil Nas X, and more. The game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles has VIP passes for you can have the ultimate beach vacation. If you win these passes, you're going to have access to exclusive viewing areas, stage sites, pools, hot tubs, gourmet food, a beach vacation like none other. Find out more on 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Now, you know in South Louisiana what you're supposed to leave for Santa Claus, right? She's looking at me like she doesn't know. Like if you're going to leave something for Santa Claus... It's got to be hot chocolate and yellow bread. Have you ever had hot chocolate and yellow bread? No. What's yellow bread? Yellow bread is what I call toast, where you put butter on a piece of bread and you put it in the oven, or in my case, the toaster, and the and the bre- the butter seeps into the bread and makes it yellow. And then you take and then you tear that apart. You dip it in your hot chocolate and you eat it. And if drippings from the hot chocolate don't get on your arm, it's counterfeit. That's the way I look at it. Okay. Okay? You've never had hot chocolate and yellow bread? No. Every Christmas morning, we get up. Before we open presents, and Russ is very patient in this process, as you might imagine, Mm. um, I'll make hot chocolate and yellow bread for everyone. 
No one enjoys it as much as I do, but they all get a little bit. And um, read Luke 2 and then open presents. And again, Russ is very patient through this whole process. Is he actually? Yeah. No, he is not. Okay. Never. He is never. But you got to have hot chocolate and yellow bread. We have cinnamon rolls and well, Now, look, I love cinnamon rolls, but it's just, I mean, Santa, he gets cinnamon rolls probably in Maine and Vermont and all over the country. When he comes to South Louisiana, he needs hot chocolate and yellow bread, so that's what should okay. be left. But also, I don't like regular cinnamon rolls. You get like, unwrap them. My mm-hmm. son gets that all the time, but my favorite is the, like the ones that almost look like they're like cookies. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I like those better than I like the roll-up cinnamon roll. So usually I only eat the middle. I only eat the very edge of the, of the cinnamon roll. I always go straight to the middle and I eat that part. My brother eats the edges for me. I, 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 get, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, On a less and a more sobering note, just to remind many of you who might have known this and forgotten it or maybe just never realized it, uh, there was more sad news in the NFL this morning. Ronnie Hillman, former Denver Broncos running back, died. I mean, he was he was very young, and apparently he had some sort of cancer. Just awful. But if you're a Cajun fan, you should remember or maybe remember that name. He was the running back and best player probably on the team for San Diego State when the Cajuns won their first new, that first New Orleans Bowl, that, you know, dramatic Brett Bear last-second field goal after the stimming call and all. And so um, Ronnie Hillman was the running back on that team. And, you know, I'm sure I wasn't, I wasn't the main UL writer back then. Tim, that was Tim's first year at the at the advertiser with us, and I'm sure, like Tim, you know, he did and different radio. I'm sure they interviewed Ronnie Hillman. So it's just a little different if you have like personal contact with someone at some time in their career, and then they die, especially at such a young age. It's just like, wow, like man. But yeah, we started hearing reports from some of his former Bronco teammates. I don't know, three or four or five days ago, something like that. And um, and then we get the news that, that he died this morning. So that, that's not good. Had some, uh, obviously, he doesn't have the – he doesn't have the stature nowhere near of a Franco Harris, obviously, in the history of the game. But he did play running back for a team that won the Super Bowl. And here locally, again, the Cajuns kind of crossed paths with him because they played against him. Uh, and won that game in the in the first um, New Orleans Bowl of the first four, that that kind of magical first year when the Cajuns, you know, uh, of Coach Hud and 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 they won the, the 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 New Orleans Bowl. So, just just a reminder to some who might not have put that two and two together there with with the with the Ronnie Hillman news but uh yeah a very 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 sad situation there again the game hotline is 706-0111 there's still nationally many people are still trying to figure out this carlos correa thing and some people are really bashing carlos correa and some people are really bashing the uh the giants and 
you know, the Mets and, and, you know, all the money they're spending. You know, the Yankees for years got bashed by a lot of people, and I've never rooted for the Yankees, so I, I, I guess I played a role in that. But um, because they spent all the money, but what the Mets are doing now, and, and you know, the punks do a lot of it. As well, they try to buy titles as well, but um, the 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 Yankees really aren't the Yankees in that way anymore. I mean, they still spend a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, more than ninety some percent of the teams in the league, but but they're not to the point that that with the Mets. I mean, what they're doing is just it's over the top. And if baseball wasn't such a great sport. Like the sports of football and basketball, the the games are not good enough, not strong enough. You know, if someone really had put had the ability to put that much more money into it, the the sports of football and and basketball would just cave. I mean, it would be over as long as they had any kind of reasonable health. But baseball's different. Uh, baseball, the you know the punks proved that over the last you know five to six seven years that you could throw all the money at it you want the game. I'm not saying you can't win, but your chances of winning are nowhere near what they would be in football or or basketball because the sports are, those sports are just not as good as baseball. Like the game can fight back in baseball. the The games of football and 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 baseball, and I don't know enough about hockey to even comment on. But they would just cower, you know. They 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 would they would have they would be virtually powerless against that kind of a of a you know throwing that much money at it. But baseball can can take it, and and the punks just ask the punks, like they've thrown now they haven't thrown Mets money, but they throw tons of money to buy titles, and they got one title maybe depends if how you look at the the um the pandemic season. So it's just different. Just different. Again, the game hotline, 706-111. All right, I got um got a friend who texted me. He said he, he disagrees with my hot chocolate and yellow bread for Santa Claus. He said if he was Santa Claus, he would want boudin, crackling, and either a Dr. Pepper or a Sun Kiss. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would like, you know, if I was Santa Claus, I'd like, you know, a great gumbo or some shrimp stew or, you know, anything Mr. Bobby would cook. But, but, but we're not talking about that kind of food. I mean, I guess, you know, I'd rather like have this big buffet there, but. I guess I wasn't thinking that quite that big. I was thinking, you know, something sweet. Because, like, the old school thing is you have cookies. And so, I mean, I don't think it's much of a stretch from cookies to to hot chocolate and yellow bread. But, man, yeah, I mean, if we're going to go down that road, I mean, I'm shrimp stew or good old orange shawls, like we call some sort of sauce pecan, rice and gravy of some sort. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, but I'm not really, I wasn't going down that road. But that's a good road to go down. I mean, I, 
But if we're just going to keep it nice and simple and sweet, I think hot chocolate and yellow bread kind of makes sense. I kind of like that. But uh, but no, that's that's funny. But in terms of making it uniquely South Louisiana or uniquely Cajun, because theoretically, to his point, theoretically, there's nothing uniquely South Louisiana about hot chocolate and yellow bread, although I don't know of anybody else that, that does it outside of my family. Maybe other people do. I don't know. It's kind of like putting corn and spaghetti, but... Um, but I guess theoretically you could do that anywhere in the country without being from South Louisiana. But no, it's um, I I vote. I think it's all good, all all of it. All of it is good. I just want to get to Saturday. <laughs> Got to get to Saturday. But no, uh, uh, again, we're going to be talking with Gerald in a few minutes. Uh, about the cold, but also about the actual matchup with Houston. Um, the South Alabama-Western Kentucky game last night, I got to tell you, was a little scary. Now, I'm hoping that the Cajuns' defense will perform, and it has been performing better than South Alabama's defense, but still, it's a, it's a little bit scary um, because Houston's offense is that kind of Really explosive offense, really explosive, and they've got an elite receiver. And you know, it's it, what they don't have is an elite running game. And hopefully, um, you know, I really, I really think, and we talked about this on Tuesday with Cody, but but I really think. Draylon Washington is going to have to have a huge game. I I just think he's going to have to become a star, like have his really. He's had some nice performances, but I kind of think that for the Cajuns to win or to really take it to deep in the fourth quarter, Draylon Washington's going to have to have a breakout game. I I, I just I guess Chris is capable. Chris is capable of doing that, and it would make for a better story if Chris did it in his last game as a Cajun after everything he's done. Uh, with the program and been through. So that would make for a better story. But I mean, to me, Draylon is like the one that the closest to having the kind of potential to have a game like Amani Bailey had in last year's New Orleans Bowl. So I just think Draylon has that explosiveness, the combination of power and explosiveness. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh-oh, I just got another email that says it's snowing in Dallas. It's snowing in Dallas. Dallas is not that far from Shreveport. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to go down that road, although we kind of will. All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we will have Gerald <coughs> Broussard to discuss cold weather and football. And we we'll might even get into what to leave Santa as well. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back. Footnotes on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros. Helpful holiday tip number 60. Debating whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not is pointless. Die Hard is awesome. So go ahead and sit back and watch John McClane kick butt. This helpful holiday tip 
is brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, you can listen to all your Christmas classic favorites like The Little Drummer Boy, which I would certainly put in really high on my list, or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel, nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live on lachristmaschannel.com or download your free mobile app on both your Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. Listen to Holiday Cheer 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. All right. We have with us our friend, Mr. Gerald Broussard. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well. I'm good day. Enjoying this beautiful sunshine that we're not getting and trying to get ready for this Arctic blast. And, and uh, you know, my anniversary is tomorrow, Kev. We got married in, in 1989 when it was nine degrees. And uh, so I think it was a good thing then. We'll see how this goes tomorrow. All right. So if we, we were just having a discussion, if you were Santa Claus, what would you want someone to leave for you? I was like hot chocolate and yellow bread. Uh, Hannah was talking cinnamon rolls. And then other people were talking more like Buddha and crackling. Well, I don't see where any of that is bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, and I've seen you in person. You've seen me in person. Yeah. It's not like neither one of us are fasting. Right. You know? so, <laughs> um, yes. I just had I just had some uh, some uh, sliced sausage and a little gravy on white bread, uh, which was pretty good. Yesterday, we had some people come over to the office. We did scrambled eggs and bacon and breakfast sausage and, and biscuits, and that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, no, I'm. Look, and, and, and I, I had a beard for a little bit, and I was telling my grandson, I was Grandpa Claus, and he said, what do you want? And I said, anything and everything. I'm good with it. Yes, I, I'm with you there. All right, so what we're all talking about it, and you've already alluded to it, is the the weather predictions for tomorrow's game. I was in Shreveport yesterday, and the weather really wasn't that bad at all. They had no issues at practice and haven't all week. But tomorrow, is uh, the forecast says it's going to be way worse than it's been all week. Uh, and so old guys like yourself and I ran into Troy yesterday. We're talking about what was that 1991 uh, at Northern Illinois. Is that um, tell us about that? It was horrible. It was it was the coldest day in the history of the Cow Illinois in the month of October. So it's not now the Cow is up there in, in nor- it's Northern Illinois. It's not just Illinois. It's Northern Illinois. Right. And, and so you're up there, and the wind was blowing. And Troy wanted to be a tough guy. I don't know if he admitted. Uh oh. Hello. All right. Somehow Gerald must be driving or something. He he faded away. We'll try to we'll try to get Gerald back. But no, it, um, I was not covering that game, um, and but I do remember hearing. I mean, listening to it at the time on the radio, and and hearing the stories of the people that were there. I want to say the Cajuns won that game thirteen to twelve, if I remember correctly, which at the time and still is a very sensitive score for me, having to do with the Saints. Um, and the cheaters and the saints and the midgets from uh, 88 and 90 
But uh, but yeah, go ahead. I, I think we've got. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back. I don't know where where you where I lost you though. Anyway, you said you said you said Troy wanted to be a tough guy was the last thing we heard. Yeah, so he goes out and he goes out through the pregame stuff, Kev, uh, with with no undergarments, just you know his regular undershirt and his pads and all that. And he was throwing all his oh, who y'all don't need that, y'all don't need this. Well, he came back after pregame and he was looking for everything he threw away. <laughs> uh, I promise you, it was miserable. Their offensive line coach was a guy named Dave Boat who is from uh, Arkansas, and I've been knowing Dave a long time. When I go out pregame, he's sitting on a bench in a snowmobile suit. And uh, and I looked at him and said, Dave, wh- what are we doing here? I mean, And I had everything on. He said, no, he said, they were bad and we were bad. And he said, if we got a chance to win, this is it. Well, then Coach Stokely comes out, and he's looking for their head coach to try and call it a draw. <laughs> and we, there's no way. And their guy told him the same thing. He said, hey, if we have a shot to beat you, it's going to be because of the weather. And we ended up winning because of a fake point. And, um, yeah, it was it was as bad. My, In fact, my pinky, the, the top joint of my pinky finger was numb for oh, well over a week. I talked with the trainers and stuff, and I had to, like, wiggle it in warm water every night to get the circulation back. They thought it was frostbite and all that stuff. It was miserable. All right, so it's not going to be quite that bad tomorrow. In fact, talking to Coach Leger yesterday, one of the things that he's been trying to convince is everyone who was on, and quite a bit of the members of this year's team were on that trip at App two years ago when it was not quite as cold maybe, but it was like slush and snow and sleet and, and raining and freezing cold. Which So the conditions were probably worse for that game than it will be tomorrow. What do you think? I think that's a lie. That's good. I'm good with him trying to say that. Uh, that It was not near as cold as it's going to be. And the wind was there, but not bad. And you could probably ask Cody this when you get there, because Cody will be the one to tell you he was on the sideline of that. I know when we were going up to the booth for that app game, Friday night game it was. And so we were going up to the booth, and it was kind of misting, drizzling, and we're hauling the stuff. And, you know, we had our jackets on and all that. But it wasn't – it was cold. It was in the 30s. But – you know, wind chill between 30s and 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 single digits to teens is, is a big difference. And then, look, and the air temperature is supposed to be in the mid 20s with you know a pretty good wind. Um, that's the, the ball just get and and uh, and your hands just tend to hurt. Fat guys will be able to take it, you know, as long as they're leaning on other fat guys because you know body heat, yeah, that kind of stuff. But the guys out wide, especially if it's windy, if it's windy, then you tend to feel it. And um, I remember my last high school game was in Cajun Field, and that was about as cold as I've ever been too. Now, uh, because of the rain and the wind and that against St. Oh, we got beat probably because we got beat thirty to nothing. That had, that had something to do with it also. But that's uh, just going to be cold. You just deal with it. But it makes for great stories. Do you think though that somehow could it help the defense slow down this offense from Houston? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Cold and rain are great equalizers. I mean, they really are. And it's not like you're dealing with a team. You're not playing uh, northern Michigan you know, or northern Illinois in the cold. You're playing U of H. So they're not any more used to the weather conditions than you are. And so I do think it's going to be an equalizer. And look, U of H has got some skilled guys that can go. 
Uh, their quarterback can get it done. I think that they're okay up front. I kind of like them up front. They're better than okay. I kind of like them up front, but they're they're just okay running the football. And their quarterback can run it. Now he he is a running threat. Uh, but um, yeah, it's gonna especially if the wind is there too. Then I think it's gonna affect their their throwing game. It's gotta affect it. And uh, but it does give the defense a little bit of an advantage there. Everybody gets just a little bit slower, you know, when it's that cold. So they obviously want this receiver, Dell, to be slower. I'm sure you've seen him on film. What makes him so – is he just that fast or is he that – like what makes him so good after the catch? Well, he's he's just got a great little wiggle. He's a hiccup kind of guy, and he's he's a start-stop guy. He's lean, uh, but he, he comes in and out of breaks well. He catches the ball away from his body. He secures the ball well. And the start of the play with him is when he catches it. You know, a lot of guys, they, they catch the football and then they, you know, there's a guy around and they're looking to get tackled. He's not that kind of guy. When he catches the football, now it begins for him. And, and so uh, I, I like the way he plays and, and I like what he does. And, and look, he's one of about three or four that are really good. But but he's somebody that that their speed makes him a home run threat with it, and they, they it's what they do with him too with the speed sweeps and the tunnels, and they'll get it, they'll pitch it to him, they'll use him in in, in the flat, just trying to get him speed and space, and then you know he doesn't have to have a lot of blockers in front of him to be effective. But these kind of conditions, you know, his his bones are going to feel it too now. Yeah, I would think skinny people don't like cold weather like that. No, not like us. You know, we got a built-in advantage right yeah. there. We got a little girth, a little <laughs> insulation, and stuff like that. You know, that guy's up front. And look, I know they're gonna guys are gonna have their sleeves rolled up, and they're not gonna have any. Uh, you know, with Franco Harris passing away, it makes me think of the old Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Webster and and all that kind of stuff. But but those are guys who are acclimated to those conditions. These guys are gonna try it for a little bit, and then uh, they're all gonna be like Troy Winger, and wish they had. My other biggest concern, besides tackling, uh, you know, their wide receiver, is the Cajuns. How effective? How reasonably effective can we expect the passing game to be without Michael Jefferson when he has just dominated this passing game all year? Well, and I think that that's by choice that the Cajun staff is now. It gives an opportunity for other guys to, you know. You know, I, I know this and a couple of names in there, you know, the Errol Rogers and the Peter LeBlancs and, and uh, the Jacob Bernards and, and the tight ends who were playing really well early. How about let's throw it in the ball some? You know, it's not like they all of a sudden didn't get good, you know, now I, and I'm not saying I wouldn't have targeted Michael Jefferson too. Uh, but, but you know, there are some opportunities in there, John Stevens Jr. and people like that that we've seen make plays in there. And, and you know, I, I, it's, I heard comment from somebody saying is they, they need to step up. No, they don't need. They just need an opportunity. They've been there. You know, they just need an opportunity. I think one of the things that, that we've seen in the past that I, I was critical of at some point was the, the lack of anybody being featured, you know, and, and you know, we would see you know, the leading receiver for the Cajuns have 20 receptions. I'm, I, you know, of course, I coach Brandon, so that makes a big difference. I like the leading receiver to have a lot of catches. Right. And so I I think Michael became that guy. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Well, the guy I've been waiting for for three years is Neil Johnson. Neil Johnson needs to have 10 catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns in this game, in my opinion. 
Well, yeah, and he's he's a, a different kind of guy because he's an inside guy that's a, a tight end move guy. We've talked about it. And, look, Neil, you know, there have been games when he has not been participating, so that had something to do with it. But the rest of them, the rest of the times he's been in there, it's not like Neil has had a lot of drops. He's caught the balls he's been targeted to. And uh, and the other one that, that has made a lot of plays, you know, the Pierce Meagles and the Johnny Lumpkins and the people like that, the tight ends who were so involved early in the season and then all of a sudden they're not. And, uh, you know, but, but I think there's going to be some opportunities for them as well as some of those other wideouts that I talked about. Uh, you know, we've heard about how deep this receiving core is in and has been and all that good kind of stuff. So I, I think, you know, when you got a guy like Michael – and and he's a, such a, a mismatch one on one that then you take your opportunities there, uh, but but with that being out of the picture, now it gives Chandler a chance to spread the wealth or, or Zion Chris. And look, we haven't even mentioned Lance Lejean. You know, I'm you talk about ten to Neil. I'd see about twenty to Lance now. I'm talking about he touched the football twenty times, Lance Lejean. Let's find out if he can be that kind of guy. Uh, you know, for you in the speed sweeps or on, on all the other things that, that you have opportunities to get him involved in it. I just think he's a special athlete that now, you know, you don't have to worry about trying to get the ball to Michael. Uh, now you can, can, can get the ball. And I say worry, that's not a bad thing. Uh, you know, I just think that now you have an opportunity to showcase and involve some other guys who are more than talented enough to make plays for you. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And uh, your coats probably are uh, – you got a big coat or are you just going to be – you're going to tough it out tomorrow? Oh, no, I don't tough anything out anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I have – I have. I don't have a huge coat, but I have multiple coats and multiple layers along with being fat. Uh, and, and that helps. And, um, no, I don't – I gave up that tough guy stuff. One day we were at practice at Magnese, and Coach Viator was saying, uh, he was a coordinator, well, we, we don't need to let the weather affect us. The players didn't respond well. And so I went out there in, in a cutoff sweatshirt with no sleeves, about 29 degrees, and V shows up, and he's got a stocking hat on and gloves. And I look at him and say, hey, you little turd, what are you doing? <laughs> he said, oh, he goes, gee, it's really cold. And I froze my butt off the whole practice. All the players, aren't you cold? She's damn right, I'm cold. And you know what? I gave up being tough that day. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Merry Christmas, sir. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Take care. You bet. Be safe, pal. Peace. Gerald Broussard. Uh, it's going to be funny. It's going to be funny. Poor Cody. That's all I can say. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. You got you got to admit that's the best version. I mean, it's just it, it it just is. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Champion World Series champion, Houston Astros. I got to keep saying that over and over and over again. Makes me um, it just it just makes you 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 feel. Like you can overcome some of the other obstacles there uh, and challenges if you keep saying that. Um, no, look, there are, Gerald mentioned it. For years, I was saying that the, I didn't really like the approach. It's, look, it's good to have depth, but I still, I prefer that you have a number one, a clear cut number one receiver. 
And Michael Jefferson emerged as that clear-cut receiver this year, which is good, I think. But now that he's not there, uh, you know, I, I just – I understand Lance Lejeune's potential, and again, it's just a tremendous story, and, and you just and you just hope that it works out that way. But I just don't think stuff – I don't think you can just flip a switch and then boom, you know, somebody's ready to be a number one receiver. I just – look, I hope it happens. I hope it happens. And I don't know that they need anyone to have this super fantabulous game to win. I, I think they got to run the football. But but I also think – I think they, Neil needs to catch a lot of balls. And, look, I've been wanting them to run Lance all season. You know, in the Wildcat, this offense doesn't have enough to it, in my mind, to 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 not run him, and hopefully they can figure out a way to to do all that because I don't know. I guess they can win from under thirty points, but I don't see how. We'll take a timeout. Another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Louisiana's sports station, your Southwest Louisiana sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. We have with us the guru who probably doesn't know that much more about freezing cold weather than I do and is going to be very equally glad he's not in Cleveland on Saturday morning, correct? That would be correct, Kevin. Yeah, I can't can't even imagine being at that game, man. And for any Saints fans that go out there, y'all are are some real ones. (laughs) Man, I can't even imagine. (laughs) It just sounds awful. Like, so awful. Like, oh, it's just, that just sucks to even think about. <laughs> Look, I, um, most of the year, when I ask you about weather, you know, it seems like you and a lot, not just you, a lot of people kind of, eh, it's bad, but not as bad as maybe people are saying. But it seems like weather's really going to dominate a lot of these games this weekend. And it's, for some people, it's probably their fantasy Super Bowl or certainly the fantasy playoffs. So, I mean, like, how concerned are you that the weather's just going to dominate all these games? Not too concerned because, I mean, outside of the Cleveland one, I mean, there's a few other like Chicago, Pittsburgh, that could be kind of bad, but it shouldn't be like, like, I mean, it's going to be really cold temperature-wise, but the wind for most of these games isn't expected to be, like, Cleveland's the worst as far as the wind, but definitely keep an eye on it in case it would get worse in other places because, yeah, it could, it's definitely going to affect some of these games. All right, so if you have, and I happen to have two Cleveland Browns on my fantasy team, um, <laughs> like, do you play? Can you, like, the, it, the weather reports sound awful. So, do you play any receivers in this Saints or, or quarterbacks in this Saints? I mean, you probably may not but even have them, but do you play receivers and running backs in this game? 
I think yeah, running backs more so than receivers. Like I definitely would still play Nick Chubb, but I mean, outside of Nick Chubb, there's probably not a whole lot you can trust, and it's kind of hard to trust Kamara because as he like to say, he's a Z28, not a dump truck, and this game is definitely going to favor a dump truck like Nick Chubb. So uh, there's just not a whole lot to like. You know, Alave with the hamstring wouldn't trust him. Uh, there's no one else on the Saints that gets enough targets. And the Browns, I wouldn't trust any of them. I mean, Watson's been rusty, so I definitely wouldn't trust any of their receivers. Now, is Nick Chubb going to play? We hope. I mean, it's, he's kind of banged up, so, I mean, definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah, if he doesn't, then a Kareem Hunt makes for a good play. Uh, absolutely. Now, also, if you have the Browns or Saints defense, certainly play them in this game, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, especially the Browns. Browns are one of the best streaming defenses of the week. And, yeah, the Saints should do pretty good as well. All right, so what about, though, the Buffalo Bills? Obviously, Josh Allen is my quarterback. And, I mean, the other game that's supposed to be bad is at Soldier Field. The good thing about him is he still runs. So what what about the Bills and any Bill weapons you have? Yeah, I think the Bills, uh, they should still do decent. I especially still trust Allen because of the rushing. Even if the weather's really bad, he should still put up pretty good numbers as a runner. So I'd be good with him. You know, Diggs is like, you got to play him. You just have to, you know. But outside of Diggs, I wouldn't trust Gabe Davis. I wouldn't trust Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, Dawson Knox did good last week. Even he's kind of hard to trust. I guess if you have to, maybe. And then for the Bears, though, outside of Montgomery and Fields, there's nothing else I'd trust over there. Okay, so Amari Cooper or Gabe Davis? Ooh, that's, that's – <laughs> I guess Gabe Davis in hopes that he busts a big one or something. Cause I don't see any big ones getting many big plays big happening in that Saints Cleveland game with that blizzard. All right, so any other besides, obviously, Nick Chubb from a Saints perspective and a, and a fantasy perspective, so um, any other injuries that we re- really need to be monitoring over the next day or so? Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts one's huge, but it's looking like that's going to end up uh, Gardner Minshew, your boy, this week. So uh, be prepared for the mustache man himself to start, and I think he'll be okay. I think the Eagles offense will – Stay afloat with him as quarterback. And then Lamar Jackson still banged up, looking like he might miss again. And if that's the case, man, that Ravens offense, they're spiraling down the tubes there pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, definitely see those quarterback injuries there are uh, pretty crucial. Uh, let me go through running backs and receivers real quick. And I don't think there's any real running back. I mean, Nick Chubb, yeah, you know, Nick Chubb, we talked about that. That could be. That could be a, an issue if, if he doesn't play, obviously. It doesn't look like any others that are super crucial. And then receiver-wise, Tyler Lockett, he looks like he's not going to go. And oh yeah, Deontay Johnson kind of banged up. You know, Chris Olave, so, uh, Cortland Sutton, he might be back. Trey Burke. So, uh, yeah, a few to keep an eye on. But it doesn't look like quite as bad as a lot of weeks. So, going into this season, I heard a lot of people, nationally and locally, that were just ready to hand whatever team that you're talking about, the starting quarterback, to, to Tyler Huntley. Like, But uh, it, it seemed like he's not helping himself this year. 
So he's, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the Ravens system. It's a broken offense. You know, I read a little column about it yesterday. There's just there's a lack of creativity there, a lack of weapons. It's just really gotten ugly over there. I mean, they, the teams have completely figured them out. The blueprint's out. They're not adjusting. You know, this league's all about making adjustments, and Baltimore's falling flat in that regard, so... They uh, they need to make some adjustments quicker. Else, Lamar might not even want to come back over there. So, standing free agent, right? All right. So, what about the rate? You mentioned Pittsburgh. I haven't really paid attention to that game, but from a fantasy standpoint, you know the Raiders are are you know they look miserable against the Saints, and the Saints just completely dominated them for four quarters in that game. Since that game, they've actually played pretty well. Um, but, but, but can you play any of their guys at Pittsburgh weather-wise? Yeah, definitely Josh Jacobs. I mean, you know, being the running back, the cold should benefit him and, and, you know, at least make him where he'll still be heavily involved. Like he's always been. And then their receivers obviously got a good Devontae, Devontae Adams. He's been so reliable. He got a role with him. And then maybe Darren Waller, if he needed tight end he could be pretty good but outside of that not a whole lot I like all right so how much and because you pay attention to this and I don't really so tell me like how much is the weather impacted the over-unders like especially in Cleveland oh it's impacted them a ton I mean the, the Cleveland Saints it's the lowest total since 2008 32 and a half there's so many totals in the 30s it's crazy like normally most totals are like Low forties on average, like, but this week it's it, it, it's insane. I've never seen it like this. So, but hopefully and, this Blizzard deal isn't as bad as they're thinking. But it's, I'm worried. Well, the problem with it is, I don't know if there be how many offensive scores there are going to be, but it seemed like a game like that there could be some defensive scores. Right? Yeah, because with the ball being like he's just hard or slippery, whatever it might be, yeah, it's definitely gonna. Cause some turnovers, so a lot of those games I'd stay away from from a betting perspective. Yeah, I'm not touching Saints Browns. You know, if I had to bet it, I'd say the Browns. But I mean, with the, with the conditions that crazy, I mean, you never know what can happen. But would you would you lean towards the under? Yeah, probably so. If I had to play the total, the under over under, I really like this week. Falcons at Ravens, thirty six and a half. Both offenses. Super down bad. You know, Desmond Ritter, Tyler Huntley, blah, both quarterbacks look terrible. And um, even if Lamar plays, I mean, like I said, that their offense, Baltimore's offense looks broken right now. And then the weather's probably going to be kind of bad in Baltimore. So, I mean, that under is a lock. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be um, – uh, what, what about Bengals-Patriots matchup-wise and weather-wise? Obviously, the Bengals have premier offensive players, but the Patriots have been known to kind of shut people down, and the weather might help them in this game. Right. That's what I'm thinking. You know, Patriots are one of my favorite underdog plays this week because, I mean, they're only getting three points, you know, I – I mean, if they were getting more than that, it'd be one of my best bets. So I'm not, like, all in with the Patriots. But I do like them this week. If I had to play it, I'd, I'd probably play the money line, you know, plus 130. Because with the weather, I think, I think that could affect Joe Burrow. Like, I'm going to like, suck. Yeah, I'd probably still start him for fantasy. But I think this benefits the Patriots. They might get a fluky turnover, too. And 
He best believe Belichick's going to be fired up after the debacle from last week. If you are, if you, if you ride or, or depend heavily on the Minnesota Vikings offense uh, in the playoffs this week and playing, you know, with all these bad weather situations, you're feeling like you, you, you know, you struck pay dirt because they play indoors, and the Giants yeah. don't have a bad defense. But man, riding the Vikings is a good plan right now. Yep, yeah, for sure. You know, Kirk Cousins rolling, and Dalvin Cook did good last week. He's shaking back Jefferson. You know what he is. Uh, K.J. Osborne trending up. He could be a nice dark throw flex play. So, yeah, definitely uh, definitely like the Vikings. What about Seattle and Kansas City? Is that like, I don't know, is that one of the better fantasy games potentially, or is the weather in Kansas City supposed to be bad? It's not supposed to be too bad, but I just I don't really like Seattle right now. They're kind of spiraling in the wrong direction. Tyler Lockett's out, and it's yeah, it's probably going to be below freezing, so it might not be as much as we're thinking. I don't really like the over there. Some people are saying, "Oh, that's the highest total of the week. It's going to be a shootout." I don't really see that being a shootout. I, it's not going to be ugly per se, but it's not probably not going to be you know likely. Well, we want for fan. We want everything to be a shootout for fantasy. I don't see it being some big shootout. The other under game to me, and you tell me what the total is, and maybe I'm wrong here. But Broncos at Rams. It seems like that's not going to be a high scoring. I think that could end up maybe a little more high scoring than people are thinking. Being that for one, it's indoors, and two, that like you know, Russ should play, and he showed a little bit of progress against. Kansas City before he got the concussion and the Rams defense without Aaron Donald's not very good and you know Denver I mean their defense has been really good but like it's like it's toward the end of the year they're out of it like I just I think that game can end up slightly more high score and then people are thinking all right so we'll see what happens um you know, if the Saints coaches are smart, and I have Taysom Hill, Batman, I would play him, but I don't know how smart the Saints coaches are, so we'll see how that plays out. Right, you would think they would. I mean, I feel like that would be the best. Oh, I'd run him 30 ever. times. I'd run him 30 times. Yeah, I mean, he might be a good fantasy play at the tight end spot. I mean, with all these weather games, I'd yeah. say play him for sure over Jawan Johnson or David Njoku. I would definitely do it. All right, Guru, Merry Christmas to you, and we'll see what happens. Thank you, Kevin. Merry Christmas to you and all the listeners. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back. Speaking of Saints and Batman and such issues, Luke Johnson of the com on the other side. Stay tuned on the game. Helpful holiday tip number 12. Use caution when adding bourbon to your eggnog. Everyone likes a good time, but no one wants to see you have a pants down, face down in the yard good time. Okay? This helpful holiday tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you to join the game clubhouse where you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or $25 gift certificate 
from Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. Can't win any of these great prizes as well as others if you don't join the Game Clubhouse. So do so today. It's free. It's easy. All you got to do is go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. Mr. Luke is a man who's got roots in way north of here in Wisconsin, and yet something tells me even he has got to be a little leery about this weather in Cleveland on the forecast for Saturday. Correct or no? Uh, yeah, yeah, way correct. Let, let's just first get something out of the way. Is that like since 2004, I've been living in tropical or subtropical climates. All, all that, all that nice, good, you know, hearty preparation i've had for cold weather is gone now i'm just a complete wuss in cold weather okay so i'm gonna be going up there with like a sweater parka gloves hat you know hand warmers it just uh, and the only thing i need that for is for like my 15 minute walk to the stadium on saturday yes um it it seems like experience shows that it's not sometimes not as bad as what the scary weather of forecast are but does it? Do you get the impression that this one is going to be that bad? Like it, it it's really going to impact the game like in a major way, isn't it? I mean, is that what you're thinking? The, the only way it doesn't impact the game in a major way is if it's not super windy, right? And I think the forecasts are calling for a lot of wind. Um, so you know, if it's if it's just cold, like it's just 15 degrees outside. That's manageable, right? You can, like, they're going to have heated benches. I'm sure they're going to have, you know, hot beverages on the sideline. Like, that stuff actually works. Um, you know, they're going to be bundled up. They're, you know, when they're going to be running around, they're, you know, it's, it's not that noticeable. Like, when it's cold, I mean, it's cold, but it's like not, it's not something that's like seeping into your brain when you're out there running routes full speed, you know? But if it's windy, I mean, that takes a lot of things out of the equation. You know, that makes it basically a, a game where if you're not running the ball, you're not moving the ball at all. Um, and, you know, that, that changes things up a little bit. And I think that's probably that's probably in Cleveland's favor. Um, I, I'm sure they're not going to do it because I've been wanting something a whole lot closer to that all year and we haven't really seen it. But But why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you just play Batman at quarterback in this game? Well, I, you know, I mean, I think you're just talking about like exclusively, like well, not bringing you know, in at all, eighty percent of the time. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think I have a really good answer for you, like why why you wouldn't do that. Um, you know, I think they need to have at least like you know something approaching a fifty fifty split. It's not greater in Taysom's favor. Um, you know, if the if the conditions are what we're expecting, which is going to be you know, cold and windy, where the only real chance of moving the ball is to, is to be running it or finding wide I mean, open passes. Right. I mean, what good does it – because because Batman can't throw the ball. I mean, he's not Drew Brees, but he can throw the ball. And what good is an older, non-running quarterback going to do you if the wind's blowing that much? Yeah, you know, I, I think the only – the only thing I would I would say to that is if, you know, if, if Cleveland just, like, completely sells out on, on – you know, every play to, to slow down the running game, then yeah, I think there's there's some benefit to having a guy who can throw the ball, even if throwing the ball is not really like your your main option. 
right? Like, I, I don't think he should be in there for I'm talking about Andy Dalton, right? Right. I, I do think that, you know, having a little bit of mix and match there is, is probably good. Um, but, it, like, again, I, I think that's a little bit, right? I, I still think they should be, like, minimum 50-50 with pace in the quarterback and just letting him go out and do the thing he does really, really well. Like, give yourself the best chance at winning this game because, honestly, like, if the Saints are really considering themselves a, a team that has a shot at the playoffs here, right, like, they have to win out. Right. I mean, they can still make it by losing a game, but the, the odds are just like they're already small odds become even smaller. Um, so you, know, you do whatever you have to do to win every game. And I, I think the good thing is that um, Andy is not like this ego driven quarterback. Right. I, I think if, if the Saints went up to him and were like, hey, it's disgusting outside, um, it's 10 degrees and it's a 40 mile an hour wind. Like we're not going to win with you throwing the ball around the yard, and he would probably be like, "Yeah, you're right. Put Taysom in the game." Like, like I don't think that's something they really have to worry about. I've been complaining for almost a year and a half now. The Saints don't have any running backs, and here's the game where it like I don't even know how they're going to call offensive plays. They don't have any running backs. Like, who is going to run the football if Batman doesn't run the football? Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, I think the good news is Alvin Kamara is coming off a pretty good game running the football, right? Um, he had 90 yards on the ground. Um, and, um, yeah, I think they, they will have more time now to, to see if, you know, Benjamin can add something to the offense. Um, I know David Johnson had the fumble, but I thought his other carries actually ran the ball pretty well. Um, maybe you don't want to lean on the guy who has, like, five carries all season down in the goal line on a third and one play. I had a problem with that, but I, I don't think I would have a problem letting them have a few more carries after that fumble. You know, I, I think those things happen sometimes. Um, so I think they'll have guys. Right? I think they'll have enough guys. I, I don't know if they're the like, guys you know, Benjamin like, played. It would, it'd be really nice if they would have, you know, been the team to use the fifth round pick on Tyler Algier in the draft this year. Right. Yeah. Like you saw what that guy did against their defense. You'd be like, huh? Wow, fifth rounder, right? Like he could have fit in really nicely in there. Um, I think that's obviously going to be a, a like the Saints should see that and be like, okay, like enough's enough. We need to actually address this in the draft because you can find good players in the back end of the draft at running back. Absolutely, but Eno Benjamin played for the Cardinals and he went to Arizona State. Like he hasn't even played for you. You're going to play him in minus. Windchill nine, windchill. I, I just, I just don't see like if they really. I'm just talking about numbers here. If, if, if you really are not going to be able to throw but about 10 to 12 passes in the game, who is going to run the ball all these times with any chance of getting more than two yards? Oh, well, I, I think you could say, like, like look, Alvin Kamara has, has in his career, been a, he has shown he can be a 20 to 25 carry guy. And I think it's not unreasonable to expect Taysom Hill to have – you know, 12 to 15 carries in this game, if not more. Yeah, I think he needs um, in the 20s. I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't I don't know if you can get Taysom Hill in the 20s. Like, you know, that's, that would be a lot of design runs. Um, you know, they, they do so many of those read options with him. Um, I, it just, you know, I, I don't know if you could realistically get him into the 20s um, if you're also cycling those other guys in there. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, it needs to be a heavy dose of them, for sure, without a doubt. Okay, but. 
with with Z28, we're talking about him running in domes and in Carolina and Atlanta. We're talk I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about him running like what effectiveness is he going to have running into a 20 mile an hour wind at minus wind shields? I mean, the Browns are playing in that too. Uh, like uh, you know, yeah, I but they have be... re- real NFL running backs that break tackles consistently. <laughs> yeah, but they also have they also have an atrocious run defense. Like they, really, they do. I think they're tied for twenty fourth in the NFL in run defense right now, and they've been just ripped apart over and over again this season. I, I think Alvin Kamara can have a big game against them. But, uh, a lot of his his worst games this season have come against pretty good run defenses. So, I, and I think he'd had a pretty good game against Atlanta. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over a hundred yards against Cleveland's run defense. And I, ho- I hope you can tell, you can say, I told you so. I, I, I will love that. Now, let me ask you this. It seems like this is the perfect game to start the Trevor Penning era because there ain't going to be much pass blocking in this game anyway. And that's his weakness. And he can be physical. Am, am I wrong here? No, I asked Dennis Allen about that yesterday. Um, when, as soon as I saw Cesar Ruiz and went to IR, I'm like, okay, well, this is where you slide Trevor Penning in at left at left tackle and move James Hurst over to right guard um, because um, you know Hurst has a lot of experience at guard. I know he's played tackle this entire season, but you know, he's, he's started a lot of games at guard for the Saints. And uh, and Penning is you know he played half the snaps last week. I think he's ready. Um, now, you know, I say that. And, you know, first thing they could they could drop back twice the pass the whole game at both times he could get absolutely whipped by Miles Garrett who's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Um, but you know I think uh, yeah I think that's I think that's the move I think that's what they have to do I, I don't know if that's what they're gonna do. Um, I asked Dennis Allen specifically about that yesterday and uh, you know he I think smartly declined to answer that. Um, because you know they want to have some some mystery for for the Browns as far as who they're lining up where, but like I think that'd be a good move. Um, I mean, this is a Trevor Pinning game if there ever was one. Yeah, yeah. If if you're out there and like you know it feels like negative ten degrees outside and you've got a guy who's like six eight three hundred forty pounds opposite you who's just like playing through the whistle every play, yeah, like hell yeah, that's the Trevor Penning game. I wouldn't want that guy on me. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't want him on me in any situation, but especially not in those conditions. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. All right. before uh, what? How do you feel? Like, the Saints' run defense has mostly been terrible this year. It was bad again last week. But I can't get, like, when they went to, on you know, to play the Cheaters on the West Coast, they did great against a, a, a team that runs the football as well as anyone. So, what? Like, how do you feel like they're going to match up from a run defensive standpoint in this game? I mean, I don't feel great going into it, but you're right. Like, they have at times played up against really good run defense or really good rushing offenses. Josh Jacobs had like 30 yards against him. He's the NFL's yes. leading rusher. This yes, <laughs> it's weird. Um, and then, and then Tyler Algier and. You know, Cordero Patterson and a couple other, you know, Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin, who's played for three teams this year, had 92 yards against them. Yes. Right? I mean, they're infuriating uh, because you see these glimpses of them being the defenses they have been in the past. And then, you know, they go out and let um, you know, much less heralded running backs, frankly, teams who don't run the ball well. The Rams ran for like 150 yards against them. Yes. Right? Um, and they're the worst running offense in football. So I just I have no idea. Like, 
maybe they come out and they they play a great game against one of the NFL's best rushing offenses, and you're like, wow, okay, well, you know, they've been capable of doing this all along. But really, the whole thing I think boils down to me, um, to just you know how they tackle in space. I think they had a bad game last week. Some of those big runs that Atlanta had were keyed by missed tackles, yeah, and, and by good players. Like that big run that Algier had for forty something yards was set up by Demario Davis missing a tackle on you know out on the edge. That almost never happens. But that tackle was missed, and, and he had 30 yards of open space in front of him. So, you know, I, I think asking that defensive interior, uh, defensive line interior specifically to play a big game is probably asking too much. I don't think they've shown me all year that they're capable of that. So, in order for them to actually play well against a run, I think they need their their second level defenders to play well. All right. Do you think Nick Chubb's going to play, or is it too early to know? I think he's going to play. Um, he, he's missed two days of practice, but like, if I'm thinking of a player who's who's capable of playing through an injury, it's like the guy who's who can squat a house, you know. Um, and he also spoke to the media this week, um, which to me is usually a signal of a guy being, you know, okay to play. Like they're probably just being pretty cautious with him leading up to the week. I don't I don't think Nick Chubb needs to practice to go out there and play well. Um, I, now he might be limited by it, right? He might not be the full superhuman Nick Chubb that he usually is. Um, but I, I would expect him to play. All right. We will take a timeout, come back, and go back with Luke on a few more uh, players who do we – you know, it's been a strange week. I, I, trying to, I mean, trying to interpret injury reports is always strange, but going into a week like that, it just – like this, it just seems even stranger. We'll do that when we come back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Helpful holiday tip number 36. Your precious little ones should receive a few boxes of boring clothes under the tree. Yeah, they'll surely be disappointed, but that helps build character. This helpful holiday tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. We've been visiting as usual on Thursday with Luke Johnson, and we appreciate his time very much. All right, so Pete Werner, am I, he got back and he's played pretty well. Is, is he going to be out again? Uh, I would say probably yes. That's my guess. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens today. Um, but I would say probably yes. PG PJ Williams, Jarvis, Alave, are any of those going to play? I think PJ Williams will, um, and I think that's. I, I actually don't know if that's big. I, I think he's a he's a really sure tackler in the back end, which is good to have. Um, I just don't know how often they're going to be playing dime. Um, Jarvis Landry is a big question mark to me to see him pop up yesterday on the injury report was a little surprising. Um, he's, he's a maybe for me, and I would say probably not for Chris Olave. And this is one of the games that not having him may not matter as much as it Correct. typically yeah, yeah. would. I, I, honestly, like this might be a big Traquan Smith game, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's essentially like a fourth tight end on the roster at this point. 
Oh, yeah. Um, Jawan and Traquan, uh, absolutely. Now, I think Marcus May is big and physical, and they're going to need him. Is he likely to play? I think so. I, I think so. And I think he's actually been playing pretty well lately. Um, he had a big hit against Drake London last week, separated London from the ball. And, they, you know, London's not a small guy. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, for much of this year, I was wondering if that was just a bad free agent signing for him because he didn't really do much of anything. Like, he was just kind of a, like an invisible man on that defense. Um, but, you know, he's, he's basically a year removed from an Achilles injury. And I think he's starting to show flashes of being the player they thought he was. So I, I would expect him to play, and I think that's a big thing for them. All right, so uh, this doesn't seem like the game you want to come back in when you've been out for seemingly forever, but that's they won Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, I know it's pro- like it's his home state, but I've been like, I mean, do you think there's a chance he plays? I do, actually. I think this is the week he comes back. Um, and, you know, obviously we're going to have to wait and see on that. You know, I, I've been waiting for him to come back um, for a couple weeks now. Um because he's been practicing, and he just still hasn't been ready. Um, but I, I would anticipate this is the week he comes back. And, and you know, like they have to feel ready, obviously, because um, you know his thing is you know, he's missed a lot, a long time. So he's got to be his, his conditioning is not you know, up to the usual level for a player at the stage of the season. And um, and you know, he's also just hasn't made contact, and that's a big thing. Like, like he's got a lacerated kidney. Right, and that's I think that's been the thing that's holding him out is they they don't know if he's physically ready to make contact yet to go out and and make the tackle on a big you know bruising player like Nick Chubb. Um, so, if, but if he's ready, and, and I, I think he is, um, you know, that's that's another big one for him because he's I mean he's a physical player, and this is going to be a physical game. Um, so we'll see on that, but I, I feel pretty good about that one. I mean, the kicking game could be a complete nightmare, could it not, in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I don't think kicking in Cleveland is ever fun. And uh, if you're also kicking in just like swirling winds and you know, the ball feels like a rock when it's coming off your foot, it, like I mean, it could be, it could be huge in this game. I mean, there there could be missed extra points. You know, um, if Blake Gilligan mishits a punt like he did in the fourth quarter last week, <laughs> you know, maybe instead of going 38 yards, it goes 28. You know, I, I just um, I, I think that's that's probably uh, um, you know, a little bit bigger deal than, than some people have been thinking about uh, up, up until this stage. You know, he has been fabulous, but he's had like two or three punts this year. It's like, what happened? Yeah, and, you know, I, I think he's – the weird thing, too, is that he was, he was on a, a pretty good hot streak. Right? I think he's got like three or four straight games where he's, he's down to punt like inside the five or yeah. the, the seven. Um and you know his his averages are pretty solid. I think he's right up against right up about forty eight yards total average and forty two yards net average, which is you know it's a little above league league average. Um, but he has had just kind of a, a mystifying uh, large number of shanks, yeah, bad punts, and and you know frankly too many of them have come in big situations in the game where they need to flip field position. Instead, it ends up giving the other team really good field position. So, um, I, you know, he's, he's got to be better. I think he knows that. Um, but, you know, this is a big week for him, for sure. Getting back to something we talked about in the first segment, I just, again, I try to understand. I mean, the, these coaches are obviously not stupid people. They've been doing this their whole lives. And so... 
I, I, I'm just trying to understand what they're thinking. When, when I'm pulling for the team that's on defense, to me, the most dangerous thing to do is to face a running quarterback that drops back to pass, decides not to pass, and then starts scrambling because he can run and it's hard to to maneuver that in a chaotic situation. The Saints have one of the best running guys who line up behind center sometime in the whole league, and they hardly ever do that. It's like they have this idea that the only time they can run Batman is if it's a cold run and he and he does that little hesitation and he either runs to the right or the left. But the, the the in my opinion, the absolute single best play in the Saints offense is for Batman to drop back to pass and then scramble, not run, scramble, and they hardly ever use it. Please try to help me understand this. Yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, I think that's um that's probably just Taysom trying to play within the uh within the offense's um parameters, right? Um and you know, I, I think maybe the Saints could encourage him to take off if it's not there. You know, but I, I think you know, I, I think Taysom not scrambling a bunch is probably more on Taysom than it is the coaching staff. Um you know, unless the, the coaching staff is like he's, like you're saying, just encouraging him, like if it's not there, take off and and you know try to find some open space that way. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and there's a lot of different ways that can go, right? You could be scrambling, you could be getting out of the pocket, and then you know you don't necessarily have to take off for a big gain at that point. You know, you, you are then putting pressure on the defensive backs to stay with receivers, and if they come up and start sneaking up and trying to take away the run, you can get a big play over the top that way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would like to see more of that. Um, but, you know. But you have like to call every, more than like every three. Every time Taysom is asked to, to drop back and pass, though, it is, it is, you know, often those scenarios involve him trying to take a shot downfield. You know, we're, we're just looking for the defense to sneak up and try to stop the run and then to, you know, take a shot over the top, which I, I don't think is his strength either. He had a nice pass against, uh, against Atlanta to, to Shahid. Um, but you know, typically the deep ball has been an area where he's really struggled. But but he's also thrown some 15 to 18 yarders on the sideline to open receivers. Like, you got to call – he's got to be in there for more than three pass plays a game for the scrambling thing to happen or to take advantage of open receivers because he's the one lining up behind center thing to happen. I, I yeah, just, I, I agree. I, I agree. I, it's just – and it seems like this is the game where, obviously – you're not going to have – this isn't going to be about style and grace and great route running or any of that stuff. But if he's in the game enough and taking enough snaps, he can he can burn someone who's so focused on the run and get some cheap yards in this game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I really hope that we see them use him to his full potential this week. Um, I just don't know. I just – you know, I, they haven't – yeah, outside of one or two games, I don't think they've really, really taken advantage of that. I agree, but I'm I, I agree, and and it's mystifying. But th- again, they have to see that this is different than any other game they're going to play all season. Like they have to see that, right? I I mean, I am assuming so. Yes, right. Like, and you know, like I said, I, I mean, their hopes are completely tied to to winning out, right? And I think you have to just throw caution to the wind and and do exactly what is going to help you win every single individual game and not worry about, you know, well, this isn't the way we do things. It's like, well, this is the situation that calls for you to do something different. 
So I hope we see a lot of Taysom. And I hope we see a lot of Taysom in, in multiple ways um, that don't involve him you know, running a, a seam route. You know, I, like I, I want to see him back there as a runner. I want to see him uh, and take you know, six, seven, eight throws in the game um, and you know, play about 50% of the quarterback snaps. I, that's, that would be, in my opinion, an ideal way to use him for this particular game against this particular opponent. So the best case scenario in my mind for for the Saints is find you know score on defense, score on special teams, whatever. You know, Taysom throws a, a shot put touchdown pass, whatever it takes, and somehow win this game, and then somehow the Eagles beat the Cowboys without Jalen Hurts, and then bench all their players because that's the only way the Saints can beat them. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. And uh, look, I, I do think that there's, I, I do think that there's a chance the Saints beat the Eagles, even if the Eagles are, are you know, putting all their starters out there to, to win the game. I, I, I think they, uh, the Eagles have not been this world beater team for the last couple of weeks. They've had some trouble putting some teams away. Some teams they should be, frankly, beaten by a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think they can go up and beat the Eagles, but I think you'd. You'd much rather go into that situation where you desperately need a win, where they're not playing Jalen Hurts or Darius Slay or whoever the case may be. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely a lot better for the Saints, especially you know with the Bucks this weekend are are playing against uh, a bad Arizona team that's that's going to start their third string quarterback, um, who might yeah, be I, the worst team in football right now because the yeah, Texans I just, are better I than the Cardinals. Can, I don't right think now. you can count on on the Bucks losing out. Yeah, right. Yeah, you need to go out and win out. Absolutely. All right, sir. I appreciate your time as always. Please be careful up there. I mean, really, this ain't just cold. This is like dangerous cold. So I uh, hope everything goes well for you there. Yeah, I'm just I'm just hoping I, I A, make it up there and B, make it back. I'm supposed to land in New Orleans at 940 on Christmas Day, Christmas morning. Oh. Um, I would really enjoy <laughs> spending some Christmas time with my family, but we'll see if that happens. Well, I hope that happens. Thank you very much, sir. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. Talk to you soon. Oh, Luke, I, I I don't, oh, poor Luke, poor Cody, poor Luke. I mean, it's just, I guess I should feel, I mean, and I do, I feel very fortunate that I'm not Cody and I'm not Luke. <laughs> or even Brad, like our photographer, Brad Kemp, like I haven't been including him. I mean, uh, awful. But I, again, these coaches, they, they have to be saying this stuff, right? I mean, what we're talking about here is logic. Like, they can't – I mean, we better – I better not – well, we're not going to be here on Friday or Monday. But when we come back on Tuesday, we better not just be at a total loss because Batman had six carries for 34 yards and threw two passes. I mean, if that happens, I, I just – you know. I mean, I don't even know what – I mean, what do you even do? What do you even say if they're going to be that stupid? I just, it just can't be. I just, I just, how in the world are they going to play this game with no running backs? I, I just don't get it. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show next on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. If your Alexa or Google Home speakers helps you around the house, control things like lights and thermostats, wouldn't it be nice if I could just tell like, um, you know me, I don't know how to do all this stuff, but I could just snap my fingers and Alexa can make hot chocolate and yellow bread for me Sunday morning. Wouldn't that be awesome? I would like that. I really would. 
But you can also do it with your radio. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing. Have your have the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles with you in your home and office everywhere you go. I wish I could say, um, Alexa, put Batman in the game and call a pass play. And then do it again, and then do it again, and then do it again. And let's do it about 16 times and see how that works. And no, I mean, I don't know that I thought about it as much as what Luke was saying. It might be on, it might be Batman's fault that he doesn't scramble more. Well, they need to tell him, Cat, we need you to scramble. Like, look at this play when Lamar Jackson or fill in the blank mobile quarterback scrambles and what and what his average yard per scramble is it's like these people never watch games i've i've convinced of that that the, the watching film now is so technical and so segmented that they don't watch games anymore they don't have any idea what happens in these games it's too technical like when you when you're a scrambling quarterback and you can run, it works almost every time, as long as they don't fumble. And the Saints never do that; they never do it. He hardly ever scrambles, hardly ever. <sighs> yeah, that's what they need to do. Watch the Chicago Bears play once or twice. That's don't that's their whole offense. Now I don't want to be that limited. But you got to do it some. Man, I, I look, I the, the Cleveland Browns absolutely own the Saints. They've been doing it since the 70s. So do I expect to win this game? No. But I at least want to do put your best foot forward. Like, don't lose because you're stupid. Like, lose because... You know, the other team just better on the line of scrimmage than you, which they are. Appreciate all the phone calls. Y'all have a nice and safe Christmas weekend.